I've been actively looking at PS2s recently. Like I almost bought several PS2s recently. Are you cool? Are you building furniture out of them? I don't think so, but like I part clearly of, you're open to the idea. <laughs> yeah, like the more I think about like maybe going back and playing Persona 5 again cuz like it's been enough time like an easy mode version of that game might be fun. The more I'm like, you know what I really want to play? Nocturne. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, like it, like every I can lend you my copy. <laughs> yeah, like every couple weeks, I'll be like, you know, it'd be awesome to replay for like the channel or for stream or something. Nocturne. I'm like, yeah, that would be awesome. Back of my <laughs> brain. You need to buy a PS2 for that. So I was at something that they have. Like there was a stack of PS2s that were either refurbished or new in box. And I'm like, I could buy a PS2 right now, and no one can stop me. No one, I say. Back voice in the back of my head. Except the fact that you're about to move and you don't want to do that right now. Yeah, but I can play Nocturne on stream. On all the equipment you're actively packing up right now. Yeah, but Nocturne on stream or for video. Packing up equipment, you idiot. <laughs> like, it's gotten bad enough. I, like, I guess you can still buy new ones in, like, Brazil or something. I looked into how much it would cost to import one. Not so, enough to dissuade me. Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne is in the PlayStation Store under PS2 Classics. It is? For 10 bucks. Playable on PS3. I have a PS3. It is 4 gigs. It is $10. I got 4 gigs. <laughs> oh, I got 4 gigs. Don't you be fucking with me right now, Jeff. I will come uh, to your house and end you if you are fucking with me. Holy fucking shit. Game changer. It, this this changes everything. <laughs> it, I, I, I need a moment. <laughs> there is a god. I, I, there are so many shitty games they've brought forward the ps3 or the ps4 and i'm like why can't nocturne be one of them why what what do i have to do to make this happen hmm. I, I, i'm so happy right now <laughs> i could cry <laughs> i think i might i'm, I'm glad we had this moment it's ten dollars <laughs> Ten fucking dollars for one of the greatest RPGs ever made! Hello and welcome to what uh, I believe actually is the Wicked Awesome cast, because it actually has founding members again for the first time in forever, which makes this episode 88. Yeah, I'm I here every podcast. Are. You're here every podcast. You're the consistency. It's me and the... Uh, the other guy that are the uh, the wild cards and hard to predict and apparently now hard to wrangle because uh, we're bad employees. Yeah, um, you're, you're good employees of places that actually pay you. That's what makes this problematic. I know. <laughs> it's really hard for me to be like, nah, you should prioritize the thing that doesn't pay you, but might someday, but currently does not pay you. <laughs> 
will be lucky if it's able to ever get up to a point that it is still nowhere near your present income. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll call that a victory. Yeah. I, th- I think we may have to do the um the rooster teeth the first time we ever get a sponsor, we use it to buy pizza. Yeah. That'd be like a long distance call. It'd be like you and Alex actually having pizza in person and then me getting phoned a pizza in New Hampshire. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. <laughs> nah, knowing us, what? we'd like uh, print you a picture of pizza and be like, we don't understand why it didn't go through your fax we bought you. <laughs> <laughs> that That's where we spent the budget, was on a uh, non-functioning fax machine. Jeff, do you have a landline? <laughs> Answer to that question, no, no, I do not have a landline. Yeah. But that said, we are the we are some the Wicked Awesome Cast, the official podcast of Something Wicked Studios, a YouTube channel that you can watch things on using yes. your eyes and your fingers. It does only if you have stuff. a tac- tactile screen. Um, or actually, because of phones now, that makes my joke fall flat. People do touch their screens. I don't think it's a tactile mm. screen. It doesn't, have, it doesn't have haptic feedback just yet. <laughs> Until we can get that like topographic. Th- cell phone until you can <laughs> feel how shitty jim's camera controls are you're not really experiencing <laughs> the true feeling of our videos oh my god you will never know what it's like to sit on that couch and absorb that media and i i don't even know what happens from there uh, until you can until you can't fully sense like as someone who does not get motion sick the fact that occasionally he will bring me to motion sick levels with his camera work you are, in fact, making me nauseous. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so, yeah. I'm Jeff, and uh, this is Charlie. Yo. Uh, so, what have you been up to, Charlie? Not much. Uh, since the last podcast, I saw Jumanji. I think I threatened I was going to do that on the last one. It's better oh, than God. it should be. That is extremely surprising info. I would Are you going to be seeing Rampage for the rest of our benefit? I, as someone who recently caught a glimpse of the World of Warcraft movie and was like, I should watch that. Actually, I, I, I don't know. I don't like Rampage. I like Jumanji. Like, here's <laughs> the issue. I like Jumanji. It's a sequel to the original Jumanji movie. Rampage is the taking of a game I'm not a huge fan of and making a movie of, meaning it's a movie based off a video game, and those are bad. Sequel to movies that maybe weren't the best at the time, but were fun and can be fun again? Those I can get behind. That's what Jumanji is. Like, it's it's totally different than the totally not-for-kids horror movie that was the original Jumanji, but... So here's the thing. It's a little bit like um, John Tron's review of the Titanic movie where it's this whimsical love story that ends on the Titanic can't end well by sheer fact you put them on the Titanic. Yeah. The they've interwoven this like weird like friendship story between the monkey and the rock and I know what happens in the Rampage game. Well, so that's the most mystifying part for me because I also know what happens in the Rampage games. It's when you take enough damage, you turn into a scantily clad woman. And if that gorilla doesn't turn into a scantily clad woman when it takes enough damage, they fucked up. 
<laughs> so I, I don't know. That sounds just enough cuckoo cuckoo bonkers to be interesting to me. Yeah, it, it, not it, because it sounds good. Because you're right, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I don't know. Like I I just look at the writing and go, I don't know how you thought this would work. Yeah, and I think you're going to fail. <laughs> And I kind of want to watch you fail. I don't want to even see you pull this off, actually. Well, especially because Rampage is about the monsters, not that guy that had a pet white gorilla that the, turned into a monster. The best friend of one of the three. Yeah. I I don't know. I, like, the first time I saw the first half of the Rampage trailer, I'm like, oh, we're making Albino King Kong. I guess that's a thing I would watch. Oh, it's Rampage. That was pretty much the same thought I had, and then they're like, did we mention the wolf? And I still didn't get it. And then they started running around buildings, and I was like, there's no fucking way this is what I think it is. And then it 100% was what I thought it was. I what? It, how's the meme go these days? Every day we grow further from God's light? Something like that, yeah. <laughs> nah, I, 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 I saw that, it's fine, I... I went back to my shitty movie theater that I love so much. It's a shitty-ass movie theater. The way the good lord intended you to see that? Yeah. I Food was snuck in. It was a great way to spend Christmas. Huh. Uh, yeah. That is true. That is one of the things that is open on Christmas. Yes. I, but in more gaming news, I, I have reached Northrend in World of Warcraft. I don't know if I'll ever leave that part of that game because zombie Vikings and ice dragons is a thing I can fuck with. And there's like, this is the coolest thing I think they've ever done in that franchise or that game. And I don't care about what happens after that in some ways, but mm -hmm. we'll see. I speaking of there other, are no taller mountains to ascend. <laughs> I, it, here's the issue. Like it's the, the big bad at the end of Warcraft 3 was Arthas. The end of Wrath of the Lich King, which is where Northrend, which is the Northrend expansion, ends with you killing Arthas, which in my mind means I have won World of Warcraft again. Mm -hmm. Which is why I stopped playing it the last time. Like, all this expanded lore shit I don't care about. Like, it literally comes down to... Will I be hunting eight-foot-tall zombie pirates made out of kelp and cannons? No, I'm not sure I care. Oh, but there's Vikings over here. Are they, like, eight-foot-tall demon-worshipping Vikings? Duh. Oh, then I'm into this. Hmm. And that's all that expansion is, like, shit I am into fantasy-wise. It's like, ah, this is, this is some cool-ass shit, like... Oh, you've got a better version of the Torrent that don't look like stupid cow things. Look like buffalo. Which is apparently what they should look like all along, but yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I, I... I... That chunk of that game makes me realize how much I hated Burning Crusade, and I suspect is also going to be the reason I hate the rest of that game, maybe. Because hmm. there's something real cool about, like... Oh, there's a shit ton of dragons over there. Mission, go harpoon us some dragons. Oh, oh my. <laughs> Didn't know that's the thing I wanted to do. Hey, then you're doing it for giant ice giants with that are Vikings and have giant glaciers for beards. You guys, cool. Don't let me ever <laughs> say differently. I feel bad about killing a bunch of you earlier. <laughs> 
Yeah. I, I just want to apologize for any alleged killing I may have done previously. I, 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 I just wanted to make sure that no harm was meant and only positive intentions. And I would like to po- uh, preemptively apologize for any uh, infractions or inconveniences I could potentially cause henceforth. Uh, and that we can just be bros now. Yeah. Uh, it's it, it's a really weird, awkward situation where, like, I wish this was where the game was at expansion-wise because this is where I want to spend my time. Like, it's like, no, no. For the first time since I came back to World of Warcraft, I'm not like, I got to get to the fucking end. I'm like, nah, I really want to stay here and do some shit. Like, there's so many quests I haven't done. There's, like, a whole half the map I haven't been to yet. But, like, I'm level 80 now, so I should leave the area, but I really don't want to. Nothing's gonna be up my alley like this. In, but, or did they implement um, uh, scaling levels? That's not scaling uh, that, that's coming allegedly, and like, I don't think I want that because like there should be a progression to the game. Like, the, I'm all for MMOs having a like, hey, when you're done with this, like when you reach a certain level, you should move on which is maybe counterintuitive to what I'm saying right now, but, like, they shouldn't fix the vanilla version of WoW. That game should be a here are the zones or you're just not going to bother leaving zones kind of thing. You're going to kind of do the fun ones and not slog through the shitty ones. So you won't appreciate mm-hmm. Northrend, which is like, this place is fucking awesome. Everything mm-hmm. here is great. Okay. Yeah, I... It's <laughs> weird, like, it's... A little bit of that, or sorry, it's just a little bit of that. Ah, that doesn't make... Or... Those are places I don't know about. Yeah, it's it's very like what, what I'm saying is counteracting itself. Where it's like I wish I could spend more time here, uh, but I should move on because I've outleveled this area. But like this place is so fucking cool that I suspect I'm going to hate the next part because it won't be as cool. No matter what comes next, it'll never live up. Yeah, like and it's like after the Frozen Throne stuff. After I leave Northrend. It'll be into all of the other, like, lore stuff Warcraft has going on that I fucking hate. And it'll be like, oh, we're back at dragons. Yay. Dragons. Those are cool. What's cooler? I don't know. How about a, like, undead frost wizard that has an army of Viking zombies at his command? Oh, that is way cooler, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Way cooler. He creates things called Death Knights. What are those? Undead knights that do his bidding? Oh, like paladins that are evil. Yes. The better version of paladins. Anti-paladin? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, anti-paladin is a class. Yeah, way better than paladin. Hmm. What's it specialized in? Electric guitar and being awesome. Hmm. And violence. Yeah. Blood acquisition. Yep. Uh, I'm pretty sure we don't need to get more of it. Uh, no, I, I I have some personal needs. Yeah. I. In further gaming news, though, I have gone back to Mass Effect Andromeda. In preparation for our eventual Game of the Year festivities, I felt one of us had to have actually played all of Mass Effect Andromeda for most disappointing game and as someone who keeps defending that game being like it's bad but not that bad 
Mm-hmm. I am starting to waver some on that stance. It's still not as bad <laughs> as the internet would convince you it is, mm-hmm. but it's not great. Mm-hmm. It's bad. It's not that bad, but I didn't finish it. Is a I, tough stance. So you need. So you need to uh, get that last little asterisk. Yeah. Off of there. I, it, it's more. It's like I. I love Mass Effect, and this is absolutely the game that probably killed Mass Effect for a while, which means it's like, no, you must savor the last shitty Mass Effect you got. And, like, this game is just twisting that knife where it's like, oh, you like Mass Effect, don't you? Yes? Oh, we'll change that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Wait, say you like Mass Effect again, and it, like, slaps you. You're like, "Mm, damn it. Basically, yeah, and... I guess last on my news, I've started up uh, second to last. I I started because every fucking game of the year thing I've heard that's not us has talked about this game called Into the uh, Night in the Woods. I'm finally getting around to playing Night in the Woods, and I understand that's the game with the characters, and it's about small time life. Ah, uh, small town life. Kind of. It's more about that, that was the hell of a sentence there, Jeff. It's the I, game with the characters. I yeah. sadly knew what you meant. <laughs> yeah, it's got They're kind all of that, animals like, or something. Yeah, it's it's dark in ways I wasn't expecting. Mm-hmm. It's like if Animal Crossing was in a real town that was failing, kind of. Yep. And like people did drugs and drank beer. Yep. Side note: the next Animal Crossing should have like a failing mining community and have drugs. You want to know where I first heard about uh, Night in the Woods? Where? Regular car reviews did a one-off episode where they talked about it and how much they liked it. Yeah, it's it's a very cool story game. Mm-hmm. Step- and they got in regular car reviews came up with one of, or they dropped on me one of my favorite sentences, which is, "You didn't paint yourself into a corner; you painted yourself into a cornfield." The yeah. idea of too many options, not out of options. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that's wicked cool. Yeah, I, so you're playing that game. Yeah, so the last thing, the thing I'm actively playing, as in playing, playing, is actually a game you first turned me on to, but have probably totally forgotten about. Oh? Escape from Tarkov. I... what? Or, as it should more commonly be known, PUBG for people that are super into loot shooters and want something harder than PUBG. Oh, did, is this something that I found like forever ago? Yeah. And it's in like the, the, the Oh wow, I didn't even you, know the name of the, the damn trailer game. you sent me was of like some like mercenary ass looking dudes clearing a building and it's all tense and I was like watching the trailer going, This looks super up my alley, but the moment zombies show up, I'm out, and then like the trailer cuts to no zombies, no mutants just tactical and i'm like oh my <laughs> so let me explain escape from tarkov from you for uh for you yeah the, my brain is like s- slowly like the gears are turning on this because this is the most accidental recommending or turning on of a game i've ever heard of in my life where it's like i didn't even play the game i just found the trailer sent it to you and apparently sent you on a quest yeah i I only found out some article was like Tarkov is the game for people that think PUBG is too easy, and I'm like, what the fucking game are they talking? I watched the trailer they posted. And I'm like, wait, this is that game Jeff told me. I realized you could play it now. Checked out their site. You can buy into the open beta. 
for the close bait, and I'm like, done. I'm in. Uh, it also got way prettier. Yeah, the game I remember showing you was hideous. <laughs> yeah, this this game's real cool looking. Uh, so it's this game is PUBG meets Rainbow Six Siege and Destiny, kind of. Uh, so basically, it's um, it's a it's PVP, meaning like it's you, it's it's your squad of mercenaries versus other squads of mercenaries. I don't know if it's a single player mode. I kind of I've barely scratched the surface of the game, but the goal um, is. Uh, hmm? Is it wrong for me to say it reminds me a little bit of Metro? We'll get to that. Okay. And so it's um, you drop into this like I think there's like three or four maps. One of them's a wood map. One of them's like a dock map. One of them's like a city map. And you have extraction points. And the goal is to be, I think it's the first team to extract. I'm still kind of fuzzy on what it is because I get killed super quick, typically when I play, because I am bad. But the game has like four or five different ways to open doors, one of which is kick them in. One of them is like slowly push open with the barrel of your gun and all that jazz, because this game is fucking tactical. Mm Mm-hmm. And on top of that, you then kind of have scattered throughout these environments NPCs that are the source of loot. And loot is everything from, like, better guns and, like, flashlights and night vision gear to, like, gas systems for your AK and shit like that. Okay, it's got, like, an armor level of gun customization in the game, and it's nuts. And if you down a fellow player, you can loot them and take all of their gear. And the gear is persistent from match to match. Mm-hmm. So there was a match. I got the drop on some just crazy, like, someone had been playing this more than, like, eight days, which was my stance. Like, I got drop on him, took him, and he had, like, just, like, fully decked out assault gear and shit like that. And I then proceeded to get killed pretty quickly after that. But, like, if I had made it to an extraction with that gear, it was mine then. Mm-hmm. And this was, and they lost, and it they lost it. Interesting. Yeah. All the stakes pretty real then. Yeah, and it's got kind of that like bombed out Russia metro vibe going on. It's it's nothing's nice, but there's no mutants. It's got a re. It's got a real feeling to it. Like this is what would happen if like mercenary teams were sent into Chernobyl or some dumb shit like that. Hmm. It's it's really cool. I need to spend more time with that game because, like, it's it's grabbing me in ways PUBG never did because it's got a loot angle to it. So, like, when you're going into a map, if you have a team you're not sure about, you can be like, well, I'm gonna go in with some shit gear and leave my good gear at home. Mm-hmm. It's one of those games that makes you get good with lower-tier guns as well because you're kind of... You're gonna have to pick them up a lot. Yeah. It's neat that way. Like, it's... Like, it's got that Rainbow Six level, like, there's lean buttons, there's all types of tactics, you go down crazy quick, like, it's, like, there's a great video out there of, like, some guys pinned down in a house, and one guy, like, spends ten minutes crawling out and around and just mows the opposing team down from the side, just because it's, like, it's, like, what the hell's going on? Mm -hmm. And the guys inside the house are, like, how much fucking ammo do these guys have, like, they found this much ammo on the map. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's really cool that you're capable of thinking that way. Hmm. Yeah, and it, it technically predates PUBG's release, which 
Which is probably oh, by a lot, yeah. doesn't it? Uh, like a year or two, I think. Huh. I just, or I guess in my head, I just remember that game being old. Yeah. No, it's I. It's through a Russian developer, as best I can tell. It's the site seems legit. You can buy your way into the closed. Yeah, it's closed beta. There's a couple packages available. Like if you're a fan of PUBG, Escape from Tarkov is definitely something you should be checking out. Mm-hmm. Like. Because well, I'm not convinced PUBG will stand the test of time. Like this feels like the natural combination of like Counter Strike and Pub and PUBG and Rainbow Six a little bit, and it's just tense. Like I I strongly suspect this game will become something when it actually goes full release or at least open beta. Mm-hmm. Not on Steam yet though. You have to go find it. Oh yeah, no, they gotta sort that. Yeah, I, I think once it hits Steam, this will be a real thing. So get good, I guess, while you can. Hmm. Yeah. That's what I've been up to. All right, I'm guessing that means you want to know what I've been up yeah, to. Yeah, what have you been up to in your time away? So I went on vacation. <laughs> yes, we mentioned that. Um, to, I got into user lose it territory with my uh, vacation, so I took the last two weeks of the year off, um, and basically had to do Christmas and New Year's and stuff, and spend it with family. Um, Christmas was just a whole mess of family, and then uh, New Year's, my I was hanging out with my brother and my sister in law, and my uh, sister in law unfortunately was cutting some vegetables, and the knife slipped, and she cut her hand. Ugh. And uh, I have first aid training, so I was, you know, doing the triple antiseptic, getting her uh, all bandaged up and whatnot. And she's like, by the way, uh, blood makes me faint. I was like, oh, you needed to tell me that at the beginning of this whole operation. You're sitting down now. Um, If we can't get you to a chair, you're just going to sit down on the floor. <laughs> uh, which I guess that's the PSA to anyone who's listened to this. If your friend faints from blood and there's blood. Sit them down because the blood won't kill them. A fall from whatever their standing height might. It'll crack their um, skull open like an egg. Yeah. So that was a little more excitement than I was hoping for, but um, all things are under control and uh, my sister-in-law is feeling better. That's good. Um, I went skiing um, and my family gave my or banded together and bought my sister-in-law a guitar that uh, I helped find that uh, she has very small hands, and I was able to find a Jackson Dinky, which is a 7 8 scale guitar. Um, so it's very small for her small hands, and she I loves didn't, it. I didn't know guitars came in scales. I thought it was kind of one size fits all. It typically is. There's 3 quarter and 7 8 scale guitars, but they're really, really few and far between. Huh. Um, like, for 7 8 scale guitars, there's basically only one, like show in town and that's jackson makes it um, are there plus size guitars mm, technically i guess i mean there's that giant thing that the guy from the red elvis's plays sure um for electric guitars it's not very common because it doesn't impact their sound as much as like an acoustic guitar they're all size like concerto travel dreadnought they all have names for them too but those control your volume hmm. and how comfortable they are to play because dreadnoughts are not comfortable at all. Um, 
let's see. I listened to this podcast uh, a little bit, and uh, I agree we need to do a Star Wars podcast because I have thoughts. <laughs> um, mostly, most of them, best I can tell, ugh, excuse me, are in line with what you said. Then I played a little bit of video games. I got introduced to a game called Broforce by a friend. We have um, a video of Broforce, I think. Yeah. It's it's both easy and hard to explain that yeah. game. Um the easy part is, is it's very similar to Contra. The but better. It's like Contra and Super Meat Boy kinda. And every time the premise of the game is, I guess, America fuck yeah. Yeah. I didn't read the dialogue and you don't need to. And you have to go in and save the bros. And every time you save a bro, you get a life. And every time you save a bro, you turn into a new bro. And all the bros are like Chuck Norris, the Terminator, Rambo, Bruce Willis, and Crank. Um, and all of them are Mel Gibson is Highlander. And like all of them have special abilities based around like who and what they are. Oh, yeah, it's and the, they it's also the have ultimate dodging stuff. of copyright claims ever. Yeah. It and it's a ton of fun. And you'll often run into scenarios where like, oh, this next section is a whole bunch of shooting sections. Good thing I'm the Terminator. And then you'll go and uh uh pick up a life and it'll turn it turn you into like Highlander who uses a sword and you're like, well, fuck me. Let's um, do it. Yeah, and then you wind up going for it and it ends poorly, but it's so much fun anyway. And just the like, the randomness not only adds a challenge, but like a fun like, oh, I wasn't planning on attacking this from this angle, but sure, this will work. Um, so it was actually a pretty fun game. Um, I don't know how much they want for it, but I because I wouldn't give them a lot of money for it because it is a Devolver game. But it is fun. It's cheap. I think, like, it was given out for free on the PS4 at one point, I think, as a PlayStation Plus game. Like, there's a Expendables huh. 2 version of that game out there. It's basically the Expendables meets Contra. Yeah, no, there's, there's an actual reskinning of that game just for Expendables nice. by the developers. Like, it's weird. That's awesome. Um, After that... I actually found myself watching a fair number of things. Um, so one, I saw, or my roommate introduced me to, there's this YouTube thing called Anime Crack. And basically Uh-oh. it's just new, slightly memeier AMV hell. Therefore, it's like, this is just stuff I wanted. It's basically anime vines. Vines. Is basically what it is. and uh. I find it very funny, and I always am in the mood for more AMV Hell in my life. I love that movie yeah. collection. Um, greatest drinking game ever. Pick a show. Every time you see it, drink. Just greatest use of anime ever, really. Hmm. And anime was a mistake. Yeah, it's better than anime. Like, that's how good it is. It comes back. <laughs> um... And then I also, this is going to be the last thing, because I'm going, I'm briefing over the last three weeks of my life. Um, I watched this Netflix original series called Dark. Have you heard of it? I think so. So it's for those like who don't know. Russian or Polish or something? 
It's German. German, okay. Um, it's a German, like, sci-fi psychological thriller. Like, it's not very terrifying. It's not horror. But it's definitely, like, dark. Not to, like, keep reusing its name. Um, it's just, like, a really well-told... It's some of the tightest writing I've ever seen. Because the way the show in uh unwinds, I guess, or um develops is pretty much every character in the whole show is interconnected and figuring out who's who, why, and why they're important is what the show's fun is. And in addition so the show very much leaves you kind of having these moments of like, oh, I think I figured out who that character is before the show revealed it. And like you get a lot of those really fun aha moments. And then the show's still well-written enough. It still has surprises. Um, I've heard it so described I, as a better version of Stranger Things. Yeah, that is that is the words I have used on it as well. Um, because what? it's actually trying to be a psychologically tense, like, what's the Alfred Hitchcock thing of, like, suspense is a... Uh, was it suspense is an intellectual process or suspense is emotion? Sure, I'm not. He, I'm not a big. He said one person. thing is one thing and one thing is the other, and I forget sure. which it is. But cre- creating suspense is difficult. Um, oh yeah, creating creating fear is easy. Creating suspense is difficult, and the show creates suspense, which is something that I ho- hold very highly. Yeah. Um. So I like the show Dark a lot. Um. I have mixed emotions about the ending of it. But at the same time, I totally understand why they did, and it's still very good. I think it's got a second um, season coming, too, so. Yeah. Well, it's, without giving away too much, it's the way the writing was going, it was so good. I was like, I really hope that they just wrap this show up in one season and just kind of say, that was it. It was great, and it's done. And there's going to be no more continuation of it, and it's I just going to end feeling. very logically. And then there was like, nope, it also could make perfect sense for the show to continue. So they chose that route. Which I love this thing so much. Wouldn't it be cool if it kept going? Yeah. So, like I said, it's mixed emotions. Because at the same time, it's not like I'm upset about there being more of the show dark. Like, the other piece of me is like, well, now I get to watch more of it. <laughs> oh, no, um, that thing I enjoyed. There's more of it. Lasai. Yeah. Me, every so. time Supernatural gets picked up for another season... Oh no, that show that should have ended on the fifth season is still going. Guess mm-hmm. I'll keep watching it. I My sister-in-law and my brother started watching that show, so I've been watching odds and end episodes of Supernatural now. Um, that is a great show that should not have made it past the fifth season. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, so that pretty much brings you up to date with me. Um... It's a lot of, a lot of my vacation was spent hanging out with people. I guess I have one other thing, but like, I don't know how much you want to dedicate this podcast to me talking about how much I like Magic the Gathering and that I built my own jank deck that works really well. Yeah, that's enough of it covered. Yeah. Say, in short, I took Jeskai Copycat and I slammed it together with Blue Red Delver and the result is fantastic. Oh, fuck, I forgot to mention this. I went to a, um, ban card Yu-Gi-Oh tournament. Really? It was a train wreck. Oh my god. That smug ass pot of greed. Maybe those cards should have been banned. <laughs> What's that card that's like 
Every turn, your opponent discards half their library. I don't remember what it is, but I know I have yeah. that card. Yeah, that is like, how is that one remotely fair in a format that doesn't pay resources for its resources? Yu-Gi-Oh! is the only card game that when they ban a card, it's like, yeah, that, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> we all were using Maybe. that thing because it was broken. It makes sense in a... Were the game testers drunk? <laughs> Who at playtesting had fun when you saw this card? How did you guys not know this was going to disrupt the format? I we were to, really high. <laughs> I choose to think of it more like the game testers were like, wouldn't it be super funny if we approved this card and it got into circulation and there was an entire season of competitive play built around this terrible mechanic? Mm. Yeah, that would be Ooh. pretty funny. Approved. <laughs> Who can tutor this one card? Yeah. Wouldn't it be great if we suddenly disrupted the entire way this game is played for a horrible meta after finally stabilizing the meta? That would be pretty funny. Do it! That's what every Yu-Gi-Oh! expansion felt like. <laughs> but enough about card games. On motorcycles. Yes. Uh, yeah, that brings it up to date with me. Yeah. So there's no real gaming news this week, so we're going to kind of do it with our campus uh, cast, but we're going to go the opposite direction. This year, uh, this today, not this year, this podcast is going to be kind of a New Year's resolutions, if you will, for the gaming industry. Things they should do, like join a gym, lose some weight, stop cheating on their taxes. I don't know. Stop uh, releasing games with. Uh pay schemes based in the single player. Yeah. Yeah. I. So I guess I want, I want to almost start off with like things they should keep doing. And like the biggest one for me, actually, it's weird that Ubisoft is leading the herd on this one is keep supporting your games. Like mm -hmm. for honor has had a rocky existence, its entire existence, but like it had a Halloween event. It had a Christmas event and like they weren't major things. But they were cool. And yeah, that game's got a... It does have microtransactions built in, which I'm sure are why it's still being supported. But at the same time, like, you put a game out, it's a cool idea for a game. Keep going with that shit. Like, The Division, a game that we used to refer to as a dumpster fire with way too much frequency on this podcast, still gets updates. Mm -hmm. And allegedly, it's pretty okay now. <laughs> They're finally starting to stabilize that one. I, it's... To be fair, we stopped making jokes about it when it started getting a little more stabilized. Like, don't get me wrong, every joke we made was warranted, but like, it's mm -hmm. had a. Oh, it, I'm not saying it's an amazing game, but it's had a time period of surprising, like people being okay with it, even like remotely positive. Mm -hmm. Like, it kind of got to the point where people are like, "Yeah, there's some stuff about this game I think is dumb, but like, it's not terrible anymore." Like. Fucking Wildlands, a game that I was super into and then was like, nah, this ain't that great. Just had a free chunk of Predator DLC added to the game where the Predator was kicking around in the jungle and you could go fight him. Like, that's kind of cool. Did Predator's copyright, like, run out recently or something? <laughs> I think people got more liberal with it. I don't know, actually. <laughs> well, I'm starting to realize, like, I have a whole bunch of 80s, like, 
horror franchises just lost their copyright when I, I wasn't looking? I don't think so. I think someone. Fi- I think people have now gotten to the point where they can be like, "What if we just start using these licenses again? Like, what's mm-hmm. the worst that could happen? We damage a brand no one cares about." <laughs> <sighs> Sorry. Yeah. yeah. No one cares about how many in-game teenagers are murdered by Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Yeah, no. I I I think a thing they should definitely keep doing is like this trend of supporting games, of kind of releasing it as a platform you're not keep adding to. I like. I like a lot. It's something I've said for a long time. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a positive. Especially because one of your things that you've always said you want to see more from games is less. Don't make a sequel. Just update the shit out of yeah. the first one. I had a conversation recently with someone about, like, what if all three original Mass Effect games were just, like, you bought Mass Effect the Universe and then, like, bought, store, like, like, bought like $50, $60 story DLC that got tacked onto that game so you never lost any of the places previously. It just got better. Mm-hmm. Like you got more chapters essentially. Like I, there are so many games out there. I think could have been really cool. Like what? Like, like as dumb as it sounds, imagine if you bought like Call of Duty, and every two years they're like, "Hey, here's the new story DLC that contextualizes what you've been doing and like shakes up like some of the multiplayer things and comes with a bunch of like big balance patches and all that jazz." You're like, okay, this year we're doing sci-fi stuff. Okay, that's cool. Next year, we're going back to World War II. Year after that, we're going modern again, followed by another year of modern. Two people said, then we're going far future. Like, what if you were just kind of playing different seasons of the same that kind of shook it up? Like, it's something I think would be such a fun idea. Mm hmm. Yeah. Okay. I don't think games need full sequels the way they used to, especially in, like, CSGO is a service. You never need to release CSGO 2. You just keep putting out new maps and new stuff. Yeah. And that's pretty close to what they've done, because those games, like, the time in between Counter-Strike games is huge. Yeah. And like, then they support the other thing crap out of one. Yeah, like, it's, like, only release a new Counter-Strike when you're going to, like, dramatically improve every aspect of that game or, like, dramatically make everything worse. I... Like, when it's truly a new game and not a refinement. <laughs> Make everything worse. I, I I personally think modern Counter-Strike plays too well to be called a Counter-Strike game. Mm-hmm. Those hitboxes are far too predictable. Mm-hmm. They're, too, they're far too aligned with the actual character model. Yes, if I'm not running and my hitbox isn't trailing behind me by a couple of frames, it's not really Counter-Strike. <laughs> Hashtag wireframe hacks. Yeah. Counter-Strike is a game meant to be played with hacks. Maybe yeah. not CSGO, but original Counter-Strike, yeah. It was for crazy people and meth heads. The bit of a problem is like if you had or I never played with hacks, I never had them. I was never smart enough to install them or anything like that, and never trusting enough to either. But it's basically like if you didn't have wireframe hacks, like that game's just like unfucking playable. Yeah, if you and weren't I still playing, played it. <laughs> yeah, if you weren't playing with a like hitbox shrunk down to one on-screen pixel, you weren't really playing Counter Strike. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. You got one? Uh, I mean, I start, or I gave the first one, but um, resolutions for the gaming industry or me? Do you want to hear? Uh, for the gaming industry. We'll gaming swap industry? on to us soon. Let's see. More interact or more decision based stories that are things other than endings, like a Mass Effect or a Witcher or like a hey, your decisions have consequences like within this town and like stuff's gonna get roped off and stuff's gonna become important. Like I kinda like that first time game where you have a game like that and I choose to not look up what my path choices are going to be important to me. That way it very much is the like, oh, this is the how Jeff would address this scenario and the consequences he faced, like real life style, uh, like uh, way of going through the game. I'd like to see more games with that. And you don't really need to be one specific genre. Like you don't have to be in the fantasy genre to do that. Cause I mean, I just listed mass effect and uh, mass effect and uh, the Witcher, which are sci-fi versus fantasy. Weirdly, the Metro games sure. do that. Um, so something like that, or come out. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with you on this one. Yeah, I, I could go for another like Witcher size choices matter game. Like, and I'm not saying I want Skyrim to come back. Mm -hmm. I want The Witcher to come back or something like that. Because mm -hmm. your choices don't matter in Skyrim. Most of them don't. Um, Most of them don't. <laughs> But yeah, that's mine. I want more decision-based games, or more games where my decisions feel like something. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure I need to be big changes at the end of the day. Like, I... Like, I not to bring up Star Citizen by accident, but they're, they're like, their whole death mechanic sounds kind of cool, where, like, per character you'll have, like, four or five deaths, and your death, depending on what it is, will affect your character's model, where it's like you got blown up, you might be missing an arm now, and you have a robot arm or something. That does sound kind of cool. Like, just details like that would be kind of cool. I'm not sure what other games you could apply that idea to, but, like, yeah, it's like, I get shot in the face a lot. I should be missing an eye now or mm -hmm. something. That'd be a fun little kind of character progression thing. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's see. More games that don't take themselves yeah. seriously. Like, Broforce, maybe one day I yeah. will buy it. I definitely love how non-serious the game is and the fact that it's like, I mean, it may have been enhanced by the fact I was drinking when I played it, but having games that are fun for what I'm drinking is awesome. You know? Like, especially because I played that game with friends. Yeah. It is a single-player game that is exciting enough and fun enough that you can watch someone else do it and get handed the controller on occasion. And it's totally cool. You should maybe check out the Yakuza franchise. <laughs> maybe. That game does some stuff. Mm. But yeah, I get what you're saying, though. Games that are just kind of fun. It's It's been a really good year for games. I'm not sure it's been a great year for games that are just fun. At the same time, we saw Nidhogg 2, so I have to eat my words a little bit. <laughs> like, And Gang Beast came out this year, too. So who knows what I'm talking about. But yeah, I... I kind of think Sea of Thieves might actually fall in that category when it finally comes out because it doesn't. That game, there's no way that game can be aggressively competitive. Like how you're loading yourself into cannons and shooting yourself at other people's boats. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Like, even PUBG, to a certain extent, is kind of that, but, like, that game's too tense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fair. Bring back Unreal Tournament 2004. <laughs> That's certainly an option. Yeah. Oh, man. You're, like, bringing a tear to my eye with Unreal Tournament 2004. Yeah. Like, jumping around, using the goddamn frag cannon, or flat gun, whatever they called it. Yeah. Okay, there's what I want. A, a, a new uh, Unreal Tournament game that doesn't blow. <laughs> so not Unreal Tournament 3. three. Got it. <laughs> We put in hoverboards. Isn't that great? No. Didn't you want melee weapons in this game? Actually, I didn't realize it, but I don't. Bring back the thumper. You're like a shotgun, right? Hmm? Shotguns are melee weapons, right? Yes. <laughs> they they melee you with a lot of bullets at once. <laughs> yeah. And then the game had the thumper, which is just, I guess, the idea that a hydraulic jackhammer could be used as a melee weapon. It was okay. Yeah, and that was totally acceptable. Yeah. I, I guess I got another one. Um, This has been a great year. 2017 was a year where lots of game companies took some version of a risk. We got Resident Evil 7, we got Horizon Zero Dawn, like even Nintendo kind of took some risks with both Zelda and Mario. Some really cool stuff came out. It was a year of really great surprises, and I think it's worth taking a second to kind of acknowledge like that was really awesome. The fact that I didn't like we didn't know what some of these games were. The fact there were moments where you're like, "What is this mm-hmm. shit?" I, that's something they should definitely keep up doing. Like I, I want to see more of that though. Like as like redundant as it sounds to say, like keep doing that. That's a super good thing you were doing in 2017. Yep, take high risks. 2017, like, holy shit, dude, like, yeah, this one's gonna, like, we're gonna look back on that and go, yeah, hot damn 2017. It's a real, it was a really good year for video games. I am not expecting 2018 to be as good for video games, but Monster Hunter World comes out soon, so maybe I'm okay with that. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I... Like it's weird. You saw stuff kind of. You saw like the good, the first good Sonic game in years come out, followed by the worst Sonic game in years come out mm-hmm. in the same year. Like I, I, I don't think Resident Evil Seven is the best game of the year by far, but like it deserves so much recognition for just like who at Capcom came up with. Like okay, let's let's, let's do something totally different than we've done previously. Mm-hmm. Let's make it the best VR game to date. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like even PUBG, someone like a first game, a first time developer makes a giant fuck off success. Admittedly, by doing what they've done about a hundred times with other games mod wise, but still, like, that deserves some recognition for taking a giant ask risk at that mm-hmm. point. People will pay for this shit, will they? Yes, apparently they will. No, they did well for themselves. I can't argue with that. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah. New Year's resolutions for gaming companies. Clearly, unfortunately, I put a lot of thought into this preemptively. 
I, it's it's been such a good year. You're kind of like just keep doing what you're doing, unless you're EA. <laughs> then stop doing what you're doing and do the exact opposite. Yeah, don't ruin the ending to Shadow of War intentionally. Yeah. Like, I don't know, listening to my roommate play that game and kind of like getting to half pay attention to it is kind of like, man, it would have been really nice if they just didn't bring this game to a halt at the end. Because the beginning of that game and the excitement that everyone I've seen who played that game in their first couple levels had, like, that is what it's all about. Like, that kind of excitement that everyone had for the first couple levels of Shadow of War. That is the happiness people deserve. And then the re- the end of the game kind of brings everyone to a, like, grinding, rusty halt. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. Like, even though I fell off that game kind of hard, I got far enough to be like, okay, this is still cool. And then stuff with the end of that game started coming out. It's like, why? Why did you do this intentionally? Yeah. We'll have to sell loot boxes, but... (laughs) Very tired. Nah, it's... It's kind of weird we have loot boxes on both, like, the Krampus cast. Like, fucking, it's like, do less loot boxes, or, like, do just cosmetic boxes, or, like, rip off Warframe at this point. They've totally got a free-to-play, people-put-money-into-the-game economy that works. Mm -hmm. I don't know how, but it works. I was joking around with a friend recently about, like, why don't games just steal each other's ideas more sometimes? About how an army of two, back in the oldie days, you used to be able to shake your controller to reload instead of having to take your finger off the trigger. Could you do that? Yeah. Huh. Um, and it's like, wow, that was such a good idea. Why didn't just everyone do that? Like, why isn't that just now how we handle that? Why, why did no one just steal that idea constantly? Well, because not all controllers have a motion sensor. But yeah, I get what you're saying. I mean, you can make it an option. It wasn't like reload wasn't still on the uh, thing. Or wasn't still on the um, controller. You sure? Yeah. Huh. You could do either if you uh, tilted a PS3 controller like upward, they would automatically reload. Interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. I hate motion control gimmicks, so I may have hated that, but at the same time, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, it's the only, like, motion control gimmick I've ever seen that I'm like, I don't actively hate this. Yeah. Unlike Killzone 2's, twist the controller to set a bomb. Oh, uh, continue <laughs> not caring about motion gimmicks, video game industry, unless you're Nintendo. The Nintendo, learn that we don't care about motion control gimmicks. <laughs> Resolve yourself, Nintendo, to learn we want to use controllers until you get, like, perfect motion controls and nothing in between. Some nice force feedback. Yeah. Hey, the the, the Switch has HD rumble, which is dumb. Say, <laughs> so, yeah, I think we're kind of losing some speed on this one. Yeah, it's it's been such a good year, it's hard to pull out kind of one thing where you're like, yeah, keep doing that. Yeah. Or that's worth rewarding. Keep, keep taking risks. Keep producing great games. Stop trying to bleed us all dry from our wallet. It's not only off-putting, it's ruining the games you make. Yeah. It's actively making it crappy to play your stuff, and that's just not how I should feel. 
it's so fucking weird. We had so much stuff for the Krampus cast, and still 2017 was a fucking awesome year for video games. Mm. Oh yeah, no, this year was out of its out uh, unbelievable. Yeah, like every game I played this year, which I know I do some filtering, but like this is the year I got goddamn Persona Four, Resident Evil Seven, Near Automata, um, fucking Horizon Zero Dawn, like. They, it was just all good all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, because you don't like Horizon Zero Dawn as much as I do, but still, it's like, yeah, it's a pretty fucking good game. Yep. Like, even the stuff we don't necessarily like from the year, we're still like, yeah, it's real good still. I mean, for be like, if I, if I were to upgrade my review of that to, like, this game is meh, that's still one of the best meh games ever made. Yeah. Like, even if you knock it down a category, that only makes it shine more. Yeah. But yeah. I say I can give you uh my gaming uh resolution for this upcoming year. Sure, let's hear it. Play more the Witcher. Are you starting at Witcher one or just starting at Witcher three like some punk? Uh I'm gonna be some punk, unfortunately. Uh don't be some punk. <laughs> I don't know if I or I barely have the time to be some punk. <laughs> but my roommates brought, or I can probably, or I could probably pick his brain and get him to bring me up to speed on uh, everything I need to know about the Witcher series, which I know will be a brief overview and pale in comparison to actually playing the damn games. But yeah, and then he only knows the video games. There's so much more lore in the books you're missing out on if you just play the video games. <laughs> And then if you read the books and play the video games, you're missing out on the rich lore in the Witcher TV show. And then if you just do those three things, I'm sure there's a fourth thing I could invent right now that the Witcher's also involved in. The comic. Probably. <laughs> uh, if you don't play the Gwent online card game, which my roommate is actually like... I forget how the tier system works in that, but he's second from the top. Like, I think it's out of 21 tiers, and I think he's 19. Or something like that. Like, he's ridiculously good at Gwent. Um, Gwent. Gwent's actually pretty fun. I've been poking at it some, and it's okay. Yeah, no. It's an in fun and interesting card game. I don't have the, it's the time for it, and I play uh, Magic the Gathering instead, but definitely some cool stuff on there. I like Gwent so much, I wish it was a real card game. I mean, theoretically, it kind of is. Just... I, I want it in physical. Yeah, they have physical cards. I don't think they officially make them. I think it's some, like, fan project, but yeah. I thought they gave them out as a promo at, like, PAX or something like that. Maybe. I, I can't go into a store and buy a Gwent starter pack. That, yes. Or no, buy, like, can. a box of Gwent. But also, it's one of those games like Hearthstone, where, like, the online game is slightly influenced by, uh... Or is influenced by the fact that it's online and it can do stuff like yeah. pull a random card from your deck. Yep. Whereas in real life, that's like not physically possible. I guess a yeah, lot of stuff. I mean, yeah, or it'd be just draw. You can't get a random of a specific kind. Like yeah, you can go through your deck until you reach the first that matches this criteria. Remove that from your deck. Shuffle your deck. I guess that would work. That's how Yu-Gi-Oh did it. Huh. Well, then they'd have to start stealing wording from Yu-Gi-Oh, which probably is pretty accessible. 
But that's card my, game. They didn't invent card games. Yeah. That's my one big uh, resolution for the year. I don't plan on yeah. doing multiple because I'm going to be reasonable here. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of have a two-parter. One of them is play more multiplayer games, and the other, the other kind of half of that is, but walk away from multiplayer games I don't like sooner. Okay. Like I have a really bad habit of because other people I know are playing a game, or because like the internet tells me this game is great, I should play more of it. And I'll stick with stuff long enough that I'll go from like I don't like this to nah, I kind of actively don't like this. Like mm -hmm. I will now tell people not to play this, where it's like, no, nah, I never like once had a bad experience. It just wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. And as someone who yeah, as someone who really enjoys single player games, like I felt like I missed out on PUBG and the issue was I got into that late enough and then kept like forcing my face down into it where I'm like, no, keep playing this. And I'm like, but I don't like it. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm now playing Escape from Tarkov. And I'm like, okay, this is more what I wanted. Why? There's loot. Literally, if PUBG had persistent loot, I'd be like, this game's a lot better. Mm -hmm. I want to be better than other people because I've played more. Not because I'm better, actually. What? Give me that sweet loot. <laughs> Nah, I, as always, play as many games as I can. Don't play ones I don't like, or, let me rephrase, play games I don't like, but I think are still potentially good games to broaden my horizons. Like, like I'm, I'm going back and playing Night in the Woods, a game that I, I was like, ah, that looks like some indie bullshit stuff I won't be into, because it looks cute and story-driven and well-written and nice. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Supposedly the story-driven part's really good. I bet it's like indie rock. Fine, but not for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Not a fair stance to take on things, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Try and take that stance less. Because <laughs> it's not a useful one. But, yeah, hope uh, more or less does it for this week's main topic and news, I guess. Uh... Hopefully things will return to being fucked up in the game industry soon enough. We'll have real news back and a main topic to talk about, but I suspect for the next couple of weeks we'll be doing kind of more of these vamping topics. <laughs> but they can be fun. Especially if we can yes, find a can. really good off-topic one, but the gang's not quite all here. Yeah. Probably the first one we'll do when the gang's all here is Game of the Year of some kind. Um, uh, we have no email this week, or we have no correspondence to respond to. But, Jeff, if you wanted to contact us, how would you go about doing that? Oh, that's easy. So, first you need to find found a cell phone company. And then you're going to put into the license agreement for those cell phones that you need to, or the letter that you want to be read on this podcast. Now, the hard part, though, is going to be getting Charlie to notice it. So, the first way to accomplish that is have a major defect. Um, I highly recommend gamma radiation. Um, also it could just, you know, drop calls on occasion and be a mild nuisance. Doesn't have to be anything special. And then one day Charlie will buy one of these because he'll be like, I heard it, that it absolutely irritates the shit out of everyone. So I must give it to someone. And then he might accidentally read the instructions on the bag and that's where you can hide your letter. And then it might get read on this podcast. Or more simply. Is gamma radiation real? Gamma? Yeah. Alpha beta and gamma radiation. Yeah. What causes gamma radiation? 
what causes it in nature or like in science? I know it's real because I've heard it before and not the Hulk, but like, does it come off plutonium or something? Uh, so I can answer this, eh, but it's, or I'll just answer it. So all moving photons through like the universe are the exact same stuff. Sound waves, sure. light, x-ray, all of it are the same thing. It's just the frequency at which they're moving. Okay, so it's a spectrum thing for the at what point in time that mo the um atoms uh, the atom atomic particles act that creates gamma radiation. Yes, or the okay, actual act makes, of creating I, it, I don't personally know. I just know it's extremely high energy compared to the others. So that's probably sure. it's probably something very high energy releases it, which is why it's okay. That makes sense. It's it's like a UV versus infrared situation, but for radiation at that correct. Point. Ah. Like I knew it was real, but I had no idea. It's like what causes gamma radiation, like Hulkanium or something. <laughs> No, it's just something emitting a photon, and that photon happens to be on drugs. Like the speedy kind. But if you're not into gamma radiation, Jeff, how do you contact us? Uh, more easily, you can reach us at wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. Still waiting on people to write in for the, the love guru advice. What's that, Alex, who's not here? WickedAwesomeCast at gmail.com I was really hoping that the uh, voice of Alex would return, and I was not disappointed. Yeah, neither is he. <laughs> yeah, send the emails in to WickedAwesomeCast at gmail.com Spells as it sounds, down in the notes, etc., etc. Please send us emails that you want love advice for so Jeff can answer them and I can laugh like a maniac. <laughs> I haven't heard Jeff give love advice in a while, and I, I could use the pick-me-up. <laughs> I'll have to not disappoint. <laughs> <laughs> it's not stalking if it's cool. <laughs> what? I don't know. Is that, like, some crazy logic of yours? Like, it's not stalking because I had a ninja hood and was up in the rafters. <laughs> that sounds more on topic. Oh, God. We're going to wind up down a hole. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we are. But yeah, that's it for the podcast this week. Um, short one. Unlike other all the times we promised it's gonna be a short <laughs> one. Hopefully gaming news will be back and all that jazz. Hopefully we'll all be assembled again in our full power soon enough. Um as mentioned on the last podcast, uh content will be a little weird for the next month or so because I am moving. And half the recording equipment's in some type of box or road case and is split between two locations. Uh, we have some video shot. We have some streams we can do because Alex can host those, and that's something I can run off my laptop, oddly enough. But, yeah, please bear with us. We will be back. Video content will resume. The podcast should continue as normal because that's low impact and requires less gear. But, yeah, thanks for tuning in. Anything else, Jeff? Uh, I'm good. Well, you haven't been here in a while. You want to take us Kill out? Kill the murder.